Hello and welcome to another episode of Offbeat Grad. Today, I'm talking by myself again. Same old, same old. But I asked you guys for some feedback on Instagram about what y'all wanted to see and what you enjoyed listening to. And surprisingly, a number of you told me you enjoy what I talk to myself, which I find crazy, but at least someone enjoys it because I know my dog doesn't. But okay, today I couldn't think of anything to talk about because typical. And I decided I would recover one of my most popular, not one of my, my most popular blog post of all time, which is online jobs for college students. And I know my podcast is not really aimed at college students, but I think a lot of these jobs are really applicable to post-grad life, but they're just good, like, starter jobs in general. Like, if you're working a crappy retail job or a crappy service industry job, and you're like, I want to get some online working experience, or I want to replace my income with this. Like, these are legitimate ways to do that, even if you have your own 9-to-5 job, or you are currently freelancing and you want to hustle in some other way. They're just good options, and I've really enjoyed researching these at the time, and I've learned even more about them since I published this post. When did I publish it? I don't even know. I published it in 2017. Um, It's been like two years. I guess I should update it, Um, but... None of these have really changed. They're still really great options. And since becoming such a big part of the online working community, if that's even a thing, um, I've learned a lot more about these positions. And I think they're really great for literally anyone. Um, For most of these, no experience is really necessary. You can work in areas that you don't necessarily have a degree in or that you're not necessarily working towards a degree in. Just things you're interested in or whatever. So let's get into it. So the first one on my list. You can follow along my blog post if you want. I'll include it in in the description. Um, Is an online tutor. And I was actually thinking of inviting someone on my podcast who does online tutoring. So I need to scope that out because this is something when I first started looking into online work, I was super interested in. And now I've seen so many different people on Instagram who are tutoring online. And I think that's really amazing. And it wasn't for me. Honestly, I'm glad I didn't do it because... I don't really like kids. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible to say, but I'm, I've never been like a, a person who enjoys interacting with kids. I'm, I'm fine at it. I've done the camp counselor thing, but it was never something that brought me joy <laughs> as someone who doesn't really like interacting with people as part of my job. So wasn't for me, but it's a really good opportunity, not only for college students, but anyone who just wants a flexible schedule. And the best part about online tutoring is you can usually get paid between 15 and $20 an hour, which is a lot for an online, like, entry-level job. And there also, like, aren't really any strict requirements. So usually when you teach online in this way, like online tutoring, you're helping kids learn English, usually in Asia, so like China, Japan, etc. So that the, the con of this is you will have to work those hours, and obviously there is a time zone difference. So that usually will mean a lot of weekend late nights or like early, early mornings, like 5 or 6 a.m., Um, Which is great if you have your own 9 to 5 job or some kind of traditional school schedule because obviously you're probably not taking a class at 5 a.m. You would just have to be very dedicated. But for that kind of money of like $20 an hour, you're not really going to beat that anywhere else. And it's pretty flexible. Like you only have to take the slots you want to take. You don't have to work any certain number of hours or anything like that. It's just a really flexible option, and it's also great work experience, so having, like, some kind of teaching professional experience like that, even just tutoring, like, you get to learn about new cultures, you learn some communication skills, 
generally just a really good thing to have on your resume, so that's why I think it's particularly good for college students, but a lot of the different tutoring options do require you to have a degree. Some are starting to require you to have some kind of teaching credentials. That's not to say you can't get this very easily online, like an ESL teaching certificate. You can usually get them pretty easily um, if if English is your first language, Um, but you might have to take like a preliminary course for that. Some of them offer teaching opportunities. The most common online tutoring platform is VIP Kid, and that pays up to $22 an hour, but I think they do actually, they require a bachelor's degree, pretty sure, in anything. It can be in anything. Um, So this one's geared more towards um, people who are out of college, but there are options that don't make you be out of college as long as you're like a certain way through or currently in college or a native speaker, something like that. But you will have to go through some kind of interview process, so keep that in mind. But online tutoring is a really cool option. I know I've seen a lot of vloggers who travel full-time while they're online tutors, which is pretty amazing because if you traveled in like Europe or Asia or whatever, obviously the hours would be less extreme, so that's a good perk. But yeah, online tutoring is really cool if you've ever considered teaching abroad or something like this could be a really good way to test the waters, see if you actually like it, because you might discover you're not (laughs) a big kid person either, (laughs) which is fine, but that's a good option, and usually you teach in like 30 minutes to an hour interval, so it's not like you're planning a whole lesson or anything, and the school will usually provide you with those materials, so you don't have to like make up lesson plans. I just think it's a cool idea, Um, so I included it in a few other different resources in my blog post. So the next one I included is a search engine evaluator, and I had a friend apply for this one, so I know it's real. Like, I I didn't make it up, although you see a lot less attention given to it now. Like, a few years ago, it was really common, and now I feel like no one is really doing it, but maybe you should. Um, I used to think it was a hoax, but one of my friends, like I said, like, she applied, and she, like, got pretty far along in the application process, so it's definitely a thing. So basically what a search engine evaluator does is they work with, like, large engines like Google to make sure it works. (laughs) So you'll actually have to go through a really rigorous training and assessment process because it's a pretty skilled position. Not saying that you need experience, but I am saying that you have to learn a lot to get this position. And if you're not willing to do that, then it's probably not the job for you. But there are a lot of different options once you do get approved and you go through the training. So there are a couple different places you can do this. Um, One of them is Lionbridge and LeapForce. Those are both options that have a lot of um, listings for search engine evaluator jobs. And it just depends on when they're hiring. But if you've ever sort of been interested in Googling things professionally, um, that could work for you. Basically, you just like, I don't know, search things, click on links, see how relevant links are, answer questions about them, that kind of thing. I don't know because I've never made it through the training process, but I assume it's something along those lines. So definitely look into that because it sounds pretty cool. So, hey. Um, Next, this is a skilled position, but some people might have a really good time at it. If you are a translator, I took five years of Spanish between high school and college and your girl still can't, still can't get past like yo tango un libro or whatever. Um, I am very, very basic levels of Spanish. But if you have a second language or third language or whatever that you speak, you can make a lot of money doing this. Usually you get paid over $13 an hour, um, but you can, you can definitely pitch your own income for this. Like if you work with someone on Upwork or Fiverr, stuff like that, there's always gigs for this. Um, also, Lingosar, you have to like pass a assessment through them and then they have a lot of translating work there. Um, pretty cool gig if you already speak two languages, like pretty easy situation. Um, of course, 
you're probably not going to get that. If you aren't experienced, you also need to know the grammar, the writing styles in these languages. So don't just think it's as simple as, oh, I took three years of Spanish. I should do that. Because it's not. Definitely a serious gig. But anyway, moving on. My next option is a freelance writer. Honestly, you can be any kind of freelancer. But of course, I'm going to talk about freelance writing because that's what I do for a living. So you don't need to be an English major to be a freelance writer. I actually started freelance writing when I was a sophomore in college, and it's why I was able to quit all my part-time jobs. So it was my lifesaver, and it could be yours too. Um, So you don't need any experience. If you're in college, you're probably pretty good at writing. At least you should be. If If you don't think you're good at writing and you don't like writing, then it's probably a bad fit for you. But if you're good at writing, you already have some portfolio stuff from your college career, maybe you're in the journalism club, maybe you write on a blog, whatever, then you're ready. Like, you can do it. And now I make my full-time living, basically, um, freelance writing, so it's definitely a thing. And I made a lot of money doing this in college, and I just, I didn't really advertise that I was in college. I did write for a college blog that was geared towards college students, but after that, when I branched out, I never really advertised that I was still in college, and nobody cared. So as long as you can do the job, you're fine. You can find a lot of gigs for this on Upwork, Um, If you want to start with a content mill, I'm not sure. I don't recommend it all the time, but I do think it's good to see if you would like writing because when you write creatively, it's a lot different than when you're writing just professionally because when you write online for these um, clients, you don't really get to choose the topics most of the time. You might get to choose a niche. When you're first starting, you might not even get to choose that. Um, You get to write on pretty random stuff. So if if you start to try this through a content mill like Text Broker, Um, that's a good way to test the waters and just learn a little bit of the basics and see if you even like it. Because if you don't, it's a lot of hard work to get started with, to end up hating it. So I would definitely recommend trying content mills for this reason, because you will get paid and you get to try a lot of different things and you have a lot of control over what you do. Um, But otherwise, if you're into more legitimate jobs, I would recommend going to problogger.com, which is like the most curated job board. That's not to say there aren't still spammy weird stuff there. I'm just saying you have to pay to get on that job board. So most of the people who are hiring through there are a little more serious. So check that out. See if anything stands out to you. Definitely make a website for yourself or a blog. I have tons of blog posts on this and I will link them in the description. Next, blogging is a great job for college students. I'm sure you already know this if you are listening to this podcast since my primary audience is bloggers, but I started an online blog and it's what led me to getting those freelance writing gigs. It's led me to make a lot of money. That sounds crazy to say, but it's true. I make a lot of money blogging and I think blogging is a great way to earn an income and it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. There's no magic formula, though. Like, it's it's a lot of work. Um, anyone who's been blogging for a little while will be able to tell you it's a lot more work than it seems, but it pays off. You get to be a part of a community. Um, you get to express yourself creatively, and then eventually you'll get to work with really cool brands. You'll get to meet so many cool people. It's really great. So if you do want to make money blogging, I would say start now. Um, whether you choose to blog about college or something else, that's up to you. I have another podcast where I talk about the world of college blogging, so start there. But beyond that, you can blog about whatever you want. Um, you will need to put in the work. You'll need to create content, work on graphic design, things like this, market yourself, and then eventually you'll get to the point if you want to advertise, you can do that. You can do affiliate sales. You can do sponsored posts. There's a lot of ways to monetize your blog. And I have podcasts on that too, so I won't get into it right now. Next, 
I'm skipping some of the ones that I don't think are a good fit. Um, virtual assistants. Oh, I love virtual assistants. I'm thinking of hiring one. Um, a virtual assistant is basically someone who does small tasks for another professional or another blogger or a business online uh, usually get paid on an hourly basis, but it could be just paid like a monthly fee. Um, so this is a great fit if you already have some of these basic skills that people are looking for, if you're really organized, if you're good at booking travel, if you're good at um, scheduling emails or making phone calls or posting on social media. Like these are all in-demand skills and people like bloggers and small business owners and just professionals, a lot of them who work by themselves, they need someone to fill in these gaps in their daily life and they might not be able to do on their own. I know personally, I never have enough hours in the day. So sometimes I wish I could have someone come in and work for me for five hours just virtually and get these little things done that I can't always do. So that's what a virtual assistant does. Um, you can do as much or as little as you want, and that's what's great about it. You also need to market yourself, so having a blog is great. Being active on social media is great. Being able to prove that you can do what you say you do is ideal. But there are a lot of different um, virtual assistant networks that will hire you through them and connect you with professionals so you don't have to do that on your own. Um, definitely Google that. I've, I've actually applied for some, and they're legit. Um, but I don't have any off the top of my head. I do know that Upwork is a great place to find these. Indeed, if you search virtual assistant, and then people per hour is all about hourly work. You can also find a lot of Facebook groups for this, um, and there are a lot of developmental tools because being a virtual assistant is a pretty wide range of tasks, so there's a lot of different things that go under that umbrella, and there are great resources on this if you just go on Facebook or Google it. Yep. Next, transcription. This sounds boring, and I know it is because I used to work for a video marketing company and I did transcription there, and it was a long day when I had to do that. But basically, you transcribe audio and videos, and so you usually get paid per recorded minute, and this means you need to be really good at typing and really good at listening and grammar. Um, but if you are good at all of those things, it's pretty flexible work, and, and that's pretty great. Um, Transcribe Me is a great place to do it, and so is Rev. I know that these places hire all the time, but you do have to go through an assessment process to see if that's actually, you're good at it. <laughs> Fun fact, I got denied from Rev, which is so embarrassing. They gave me like a sample thing. I don't know what I did wrong, but I did it wrong, and I got denied, which is shameful because I, I studied English for four years. I'm so fast at typing, like I don't know what I did wrong, but... So it's hard, <laughs> not easy, but you could definitely try it. And if you make it, then it's pretty good, flexible work experience. So that's great. If you figure out how to get in, then good for you. Um, finally, my last thing is to be an influencer, which sounds fake. I hate that name. I really think we should boycott the word influencer. I'm so over it. But being an influencer is just someone who grows social media profiles. Maybe you grow your blog and then you use it to promote products and services. Um, if you've ever seen Instagram posts with hashtag ad, look at my page because I have a few, then that's an influencer. They get paid for this. Um, whether they sell out or don't is up to them. Personally, I only support products that I use and love or that I've tried and I love. 
um, but that's not always true. Um, but if you are really influential in a niche, you can definitely get paid for it. Um, so different places to get paid for this are Isaiah, love Isaiah. I visited them in Orlando, cutest office ever. Um, Brand Snob, which is a really funny sounding place, but I, it's just like an influencer network. And then Influence Her Collective, which is mostly for women. Um, it's like brands that are trying to appeal to millennials and it's sponsored by Her Campus. Love them too. Um, I've worked with all of these personally and they all are legit. Um, basically, you apply for the network, um, submit some info by your website and or your blog or your Instagram. And then if they have any campaigns that they think are a good fit for you, they'll connect you and usually get paid. So that's always fun. Um, those are really fun. I love working on blog sponsorship campaigns. When I find a really good match, I get really excited about them and sharing those products. So it is a great way to promote things you already know and love if you're willing to put in the work. That should be the little caveat for all of these, but it's true. Oh, I just noticed someone left a really angry review, not a review, comment on this blog about being a translator. That's awkward. Um, apparently she is a, she said, <laughs> it's like saying that because I watch Dr. House, I can be a doctor. Okay. Okay. Okay, so if you're a doctor, um, you're not. If you just watch Grey's Anatomy or something, I don't really understand the point there. Um, <laughs> anyway, so with all of those, you're definitely going to need to do some more research on your own to see if it's actually a good fit for your skills and your experience. Um, sometimes it won't be. You just have to make peace with that. Um, I would say the easiest ones to start with are freelancing and blogging, and I am biased, so that's the fact of life. But those are pretty easy, but they also will take longer to actually monetize, so that's the trade-off. Um, but definitely try to look into those if you're looking for another way to bring in some extra cash, because I personally have tried a lot of them or know people who have, and I think they're really great. So, yeah, that was today's post. Um, it's basically just me rehashing my old blog post, but isn't that what a podcast is? So now I'm going to go do some laundry and maybe write a blog post, but probably not. So I hope you enjoyed this somewhat. Uh, leave a review if you didn't. Don't if you didn't. And I will see you next week. Bye.